0: The governors uh, got together and said, look, let, let's play for a hog. Let's play for a pig.
1: Ben and Eric gather at their laptops. One's a for one's a Hawkeye. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the pot of Rosedale, a bronze pig full of hot takes. We're here again with our, our preseason college football previews, team by team of the Big Ten. Eric the resident Gopher fan on the Pod of Rosedale podcast is here. Eric, I'm say hello.
0: Yes, hello, and I promise be very civil. We're, we're going to be objective here about our football teams, even though all three of us, the three people here, have a pretty strong rivalry. We're all going to be friends, and we're going to we're going to well, talk through this.
1: The reason why we had to have Eric on his best behaviors, we're we're talking the Wisconsin Badgers, and so to help us preview the Wisconsin football team, Mike Hogan, beat writer for Badger Blitz, the rivals for
2: the Wisconsin Badger team. Mike, how you doing? Good, good, and you know I promise that we won't have any any arguments here. I, I have to stay objective, you know. I'm a, I'm a reporter, so we you know we don't we don't have to worry. No no worries today. If if you had a, a fan on, maybe things would get a little ugly, but <laughs> uh, it probably
1: helps that the Badgers look like they're going to be pretty good. Um, but before we get to 2023, let's maybe set the stage. We're in a transitions for for the Badgers here. So 2022, Badgers wins.
2: Six games is it right in is that right? It was seven, uh, counting the bowl game. Oh, right. Um I don't know if that you know, they went technically went seven and six, but regular season six and six, uh disappointing year, crazy year. Um, you know, just one, one of the most disappointing slash crazy seasons in this pro in this program's recent history, if not, you know, dating back to the nineties. It's been what pretty you- steady.
1: It has. Well, so I, I did a, working on my Badger preview, and it was – if you ignore bowl games, Wisconsin hasn't had a regular season with six wins or fewer since 2001. I and mean, that's a 21-year streak of winning at least seven games, and most of the time it was more than that. I mean, that's a, that's really kind of ridiculous. Uh, but even before they got to six wins, Badgers fired their head coach. What You know, what was the biggest – is it just no longer believed in him just after that Illinois loss? We're done with the. We're done with this guy. Who's not going to be able to take us any further. What was the logic behind that? Yeah,
2: you know, it 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 was. I don't think it was a like. It seemed like it was a reactionary decision because of the timing. You know, they lost. They got beaten pretty bad. Well, actually, going back to like week two, I believe it was when they lost to Washington State. Now that was a disappointing game, 17 to 14 loss. Wisconsin's been known for being disciplined and doing the little things. Right over the years and not beating themselves and kind of winning on the margins. And they, they kind of, in that game, kind of were, you know, 11 penalties, I believe, and just a really, really awful performance, um, you know, at home against a Washington State team. Okay, they're a respectable opponent for the Pac 12, but a team you should beat at home. Like, that was one of those games that they needed to win. Um, and, you know, I think it was Braylon Allen who came on the radio in the offseason and kind of said like, you know, we were we looked past opponents early in the year because we had Ohio State like right away. That was their first conference game, was at Ohio State and they just kind of figured they'd they could show up and dominate those non conference teams and and go into that Ohio State road game, which was a night game, undefeated. And uh, you know, they 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 clearly looked like a team that was overlooking Washington State that day. Just kind of a lifeless performance. And then you know, they, a couple weeks later, Ohio State just in the first quarter puts up tangs tw- twenty-one on them, twenty-one nothing. At halftime, I believe it was like twenty-eight to three. That game was over before it even started. Uh, just a tidal wave. I mean, Ohio State came out guns blazing. Um, nobody was beating Ohio State that night, but that was another one of those performances. Like, wow, like they're pretty far away from from being where they need to be that that exposed a big gap in between the best teams in the big 10 and Wisconsin. I mean, that was a revealing night, even though nobody was expecting them to win. I think it would have been fair to put expect. It's not like Wisconsin didn't have talent last year. They had a pretty good roster, some good players. Quarterback was a question mark, but you know, that team, I think everybody was expecting to put up a little bit a little bit more of a fight than they At did. At least
1: be competitive, right. right. It's the and, one thing and, to just to lose to a superior team. It's one thing to right. just look like, man, you don't belong in the same field. And then field, the sure. next
2: week really was disturbing for for the fans, for people inside that program, athletic department. Illinois, great, not a great team last year, but better than typical what people have been accustomed to seeing out of Illinois. That's
1: the best team in about 15 years, probably, right. the best I mean, that, Illinois that,
2: team. I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due. They were a good team last year. Uh, very good up front, uh physical, kind of embodies Brett Brett Bielema's, like what right. he wants, right, out of a team. Right. And um they got beat by them pretty good. Thirty-four to ten. Um, you know, it was fourteen to ten at halftime. And I think the big postgame quote that day was Paul Chris telling the team that he wanted them to draw a line in the sand. He's well, there was an expl there was a little bit of a swear word in the middle sure. of that sentence somewhere too. But um, you know, Chris they didn't respond to Chris's demand there and they kind of crumbled in the second half. Illinois just dominated them from the start in the second half of the running game, Wisconsin's offense fell apart. Um, So it was a combination of like poor performance last year, their offense, they hired a new coordinator and Bobby Ingram that didn't work out very well. I thought after Chris left, I thought, or after Chris was fired, he didn't leave. He got fired. He was told Uh, to leave. After, door, after after that happened, I thought the offense looked better in spurts. It looked like Engram was, a, you know, at times had his moments like, oh, okay, this, this guy's a first-time coordinator, but he clearly, like, to me, it seems like he could be serviceable with a little bit more experience. I think, um, you know, he showed some things, but at the end of the day, that staff was done, you know, um, lack of offense, lack of quarterback development. There was some recruiting things that didn't go right for them, you know. I believe it was after like the 2020 season they lost their most of their recruiting staff to Michigan State, and Chris took like almost a year to replace that. Like that's not what big time programs do. Okay. And and there was a lot of things, a culmination of factors over the years, offensive performance, quarterback recruiting, and all kind of came down at once. Um, and you know, I think Chris too, you know, didn't really embrace. The modern what was going on in college football nil and kind of being a the face of that program he kind of put left that up to the players and coaches which is fine but you're the head coach you have to take some responsibility there too um and then there were some also interesting staffing moves outside of the coordinator you know last year they hired a running backs coach who had never coached running backs before Mm -hmm. um and you know he was an offensive line coach was okay i guess maybe you can justify it but still i mean this is wisconsin They've had even the Minnesota fan would agree that uh, they they do have they can probably do a little bit better as with their running backs coach than an offensive a former offensive lineman. Um, you know they they hired an inside linebackers coach who lasted maybe two months because he was wrapped up in a investigation for recruiting violations at Air Force. So there was just a lack of attention to detail I think overall that kind of doomed huh. him. And I think like I said at the time it seemed reactionary because of the results, but I really do believe that it was a culmination of things over time that led to Chris's demise. And, uh, you know, Jim Leonard took over and I thought he did a pretty good job. I thought, you know, I was telling people in October that Jim Leonard does not need to win X amount of games to get this job. Like he needs to show that he's made some changes and, Maybe a little bit more discipline. And I think overall you could see that, like, I think he did a good job in that regard. I think the team was a little bit more receptive. I think the team responded to him well. They really, really respected him. They started to endorse him to get the job. Not a soul inside on that team last year did not want him to get that job. They wanted, they, they were rooting for him and they were telling the media. They, you know, they're going to the media about it, about how they wanted them to get the job. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I think it just came down to, Chris McIntosh wanting to put his stamp on the program, the football program. He was in his second year, second full, entering his second full year as the athletic director. Uh, you know, it, it was an opportunity for him to go outside the program and, and swing big, and he did, getting Fickle. And, you know, I think looking at it, I think if I were in his shoes, Fickle might have been one of two or three guys I would have probably taken over Leonard. Um, you know, I, I think, it, you know, this guy is a proven winner coming from cincinnati you know he did great things there took them to the playoff um you know if you have a chance to get a guy like that you have to do it and and they did and they went out and and, and made a big splash and and things have changed pretty quickly here uh, since then
0: yeah it's interesting like we were kind of talking on a previous episode about even during wisconsin's like dominant run where i mean they were dominant in the last 15 years never really had like Great quarterback play. Do you see that with the new regime coming in that that's going to be more of an emphasis? I know there's been some transfers, some good quarterbacks brought in. Do you think that's they're more of a quarterback identity rather than sort of run first?
2: Yeah, it definitely. You could you actually could already see the the philosophy change in the way they attack the transfer portal this this offseason. Phil Longo, who came from North Carolina, the offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach. Obviously Coach Drake May and Sam Howell at North Carolina had some good pretty good quarterbacks at Ole Miss as well. Um, you know, he he attacked the transfer portal uh with you know, the, he came in and Graham Mertz had already trans transferred out at the time, so he was gone. At that point, they had only had like two scholarship quarterbacks, maybe only one actually. I think Chase Wolfe had decided to leave at that point too. Um, you know, they, they they had to they had to stock up. They had to restock there in terms of talent, in terms of depth. They went out and got Nick Evers, Oklahoma. Uh, you know, he was a true freshman last year, so he didn't play. He was a former four-star, I believe, depending on who you look at. Uh, Braden Locke, Mississippi State, another guy who was a true freshman last year, didn't play, but they bring in young guys. Both of them are redshirt freshmen this year. And then they they went out and got Tanner Mordecai from SMU, six-year senior transfer. Um, so they, they did a pretty good job, in my opinion, this offseason of, like, OK, they got a guy for this year who can win, can get you some immediate success in year one of this new regime uh, who's played at a high level before. Um, and then, you know, they got younger guys, too, who they can next year. These guys are going to be competing for the job and they got a pretty good bridge. Right. They get they're They're loading it up, setting themselves up for present and future success at the position. They also uh, landed maybe Matauer in their 2024 class. Um people are really excited about him. And, yeah, I think you're going to see a little bit of a change. Obviously, I think the arrival of Phil Longo came with a little bit of a misconception. You know, he does run the air raid, which is funny to say. Uh, no, be
1: my next question is, are we going to see the air raid at yeah. Wisconsin? Is that happening?
2: Right. Like, we're going to see that, obviously. Like, that's, that's his offense. But I think, you know, I, I think his offense has always had – his version of the air raid has always had – a good, good, strong running, running component to it. Like he's This isn't Mike Leach's version of the air raid where they're they're
1: not the passing it 65% of the, the time. The quarterback's
2: arm is sore after the game because he threw it 60 times or whatever. But yeah. you know, you, you look at Phil Longo's numbers from like the 2020 season at North Carolina, for example. They had two 1,000 yard rushers that year, Javante Williams and Michael Carter, and. I don't have the numbers at the top of my head, but, like, I've written this sentence so many times when run, writing about Wisconsin's rushing attack is that Longo's offense, and obviously there's a quarterback rushing component to it, too. That's sure. going to be another difference. Wisconsin never really had a quarterback rushing component, unless you want to talk about maybe Russell Wilson. Right. a was 13 yeah, a years
1: ago. ago. Um, yeah.
2: You know, but his overall rushing numbers at North Carolina were, like, number one in the ACC in that time frame in terms of yardage. I believe they were second or third in touchdowns. So, like, It's easy to, like, say, oh, yeah, they're running the air raid. This is totally different for Wisconsin. They're still going to rely on the running game a good amount this year, especially this year because that's their strength right now. They have a big offensive line. They have two running backs returning who've been very productive for them. Braylon Allen, obviously one of the best running backs in the country entering this season. And then Ches Malusi, a guy who people might be forgetting about a little bit because he's been hurt so often since he's transferred from Clemson a couple years ago. He was on pace for 1,000 yards two seasons ago um, towards ACL in November, and then last year he was productive when healthy. Um, I believe 500 yards rushing, and then he had like an elbow injury that he had to miss timeless. So he was probably on pace for 800-some yards last year if he didn't miss uh, the games, a couple, you know, three or four or five games he missed. So, you know – that's that's their strength. They 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 loaded up on quarterbacks and receivers in the transfer portal, but they still have a very very strong rushing attack. And um, you know the expectations are their offensive line have, has kind of had some issues in recent years. Maybe not as great as it used to be, but you know they have guys returning with experience, guys who are looking to take you know their next steps in their in their careers here. Um, so you know I, I still think that we're going to see. Braylon Allen. I'm not saying that. I think pe- people people have asked me like, well, how many yards do you think he's going to rush for? I I I think over a thousand is still very very much possible in this offense. Looking at the oh, numbers. Sure. And 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 too, like you look at like metrics from Pro Focus. Braylon Allen, you know, he ran into more eight or nine man boxes than any running back in the country over his first two seasons. So like this right, kind of offense, nobody
1: was scared of Graham Burks. Like yeah, it's fine. Right. You're not going to get burned
2: over the top. And he was still getting 1,000 yards, or more oh, than 1,000 yards a he's, year. He was, what, number four last year in the Big Ten behind, I mean, yep.
1: you know, it's a pretty good guys in front of him, and Right, those and, guys and this is
2: kind of offense is going to spread defenses out a little bit. It's going to be less predictable um, in that regard, and, you know, obviously you're still probably going to get an occasional eight- or nine-man box, but, you know, I think you're going to see less of that. It's going to – I think as far as I could see when, in the practices I've gotten to watch since the spring, it, it looks like – you know, Allen's going to have a lot more room to run.
0: Is he, is it possible? Is he bigger now than he was last year? Cause I, I, there, he's I have never seen a running back that huge and just imposing
2: in a long right. time. I think, I think the focus for him, like he's still got that size, that unique size, uh, like 240 pounds, six foot two, 240. But it, to me, it looks like he's a little bit leaner or a little bit slimmer. Um, you know, I think he lost a little bit of maybe maybe the I don't know if he had <laughs> how much fat he had on to begin with, but probably not it, like it looked like he slimmed down a little bit and it looks like he added a little bit of speed to his game. Um I think, you know, last year he that was a focus on for him going into last year too. It didn't work out the way he wanted, I don't think. And he found ways to enhance that this offseason. I mean it, it looks like he just got a little bit of an extra burst. It's always hard to tell in practice, but like I've seen it a couple times. Like, wow, it looks a little looks a little bit more Fast, faster than, than he was last year, and same thing with Malusi too. He's a smaller back, but like, you know, I think because he was dealing with so many injuries during his first couple of years here, I think he really focused this offseason. Okay, I need to reset and get healthier and go into the season feeling as good as I ever had, and that's what he's been saying. He's been telling people that, and I can see it too. You know, I think he's got a little bit extra. Uh, a lot of the players have talked about the, strength, the enhanced strength conditioning program under Brady Collins. I mean, if you guys have read about Luke Fickle at all, you've probably seen Brady Collins' name. He, that's you know Luke Fickle. That was the first person. That was like the first hire reported after Fickle got here. He's bringing a strength conditioning staff from C- Cincinnati. That is a massive component of his program. Uh, any football, any college football program, to say that, but they really do. You can tell. I mean, it's it's a different kind of beast than maybe what they've been doing in the past. I don't think there's – every program has its taste and style with that kind of thing, and what they're doing is a little different than what Wisconsin had been doing in the past. So there's, like, all these changes, like, from even the social media strategy, all the way down to, like, the strength conditioning program is totally different for Wisconsin.
0: I don't think there's a more terrifying sentence than Braylon Allen is faster, but – (laughs)
2: <laughs> so,
1: I, want, I wonder maybe we can now switch folks to the Badger defense a little bit. I mean, in 2022, every bit as elite as the Badger defense is in the run run defense component. I mean, it was very difficult running as the Badger. But the pass equals was, was maybe one of the problems the Badgers had last year. Is that something that's been a focus in the offseason in here, trying to boost up the back-end coverage and maybe the pass rush, too?
2: Yeah. Um, you know, I think <laughs> – I think the secondary last year, the expectations were pretty high after they went out in the offseason and added like four cornerback transfers last year. They're all seniors, a couple guys from well, one guy from the SEC, one from the Pac-12. So they, you know, they they really tried to they lost a couple cornerbacks from the 2021 seasons. So they had to make some replacements there. Those didn't work out the way they envisioned. Um, they struggled against the past. Uh, you know, Minnesota carved them up pretty good. Um, through the air, which was kind of surprising. I, that quarterback, I still can't pronounce his name very well, but Caliac
1: Manis. But yes,
2: yeah, I think he's going to be a good player. I mean, he, I think he could be a problem. Uh, you know what I saw last year, man. I'm, I mean, I, I was not expecting that kind of performance. I don't think Wisconsin. Loving it,
0: Mike. I'm loving it. Are you warmer? <laughs> Wisconsin in-
2: fans are going to be upset with me, but I don't care. I mean, this is my job. But uh, you know, I. <laughs>
1: He I, looks I, better than Tanner Morgan. I I, I agree. That looks I, like actually like, an upgrade
2: you know, for the he's, he's, he's got a little speed to him. He can run. You know, he, good arm. Uh, that was just a side note. He carved him up. Ohio State got him pretty good. You know, I think Illinois, they didn't throw for many yards against him. But still, like, there was a couple plays in that game that really flipped the, the momentum and field position. And um, I can't remember who else. Oh, Washington State, I don't think they got him very good. Michigan State. Well, uh, beat them up down pretty good in the secondary. So yeah, they I think this year the secondary is going to be a strength for them because um, they may you know they the big thing for them last year was Alexander Smith. Um, they're he's going to be a six-year senior. We've been hearing for two years now that he's this guy is their number one corner. Last year missed basically the first half of the season with hamstring injury um you know I, i'm really high on him i liked what i've seen from him practices even the even in the small a few games he played last year i'm like okay if this guy if he can get back to full speed they got something in him and then they added uh you know uh jason matry a slot corner a six-year senior from boston college i like the way he plays you know slot guy but he's not afraid to come up play the run very physical guy um, he gets under the receiver's skin a little bit too. They got to be careful with 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 him with him a little bit. He he's he's quite the personality for the defense. And then Ricardo Hallman, a, a guy, a young guy last year who started the first seven games in place of Smith. Uh, you know, I thought he played pretty well given the circumstances. He was a redshirt freshman, had never really didn't play as a true freshman at all. Um, uh, and and he performed pretty well until that Michigan State game. He went up against Jaden Reed. Uh, Who is an NFL guy now and struggled in that game, uh, and he didn't really play at the rest of the year after that. They kind of gave him some time to collect himself after that performance. Gave up three touchdowns in coverage, just a terrible day for a young corner. Um, and so, you know, he he's looked good too. I th- I think he's bounced back. That's been the, one of the bigger storylines for the defense. His you know his attitude after a pretty tough performance last year that that basically ended his season um and then in this and at safety too at the, you know they, that was another position where they had some injuries last year hunter Wohler, you know he was going to have, he was going to be a breakout guy for them last year he got hurt in the second half of the first game and he missed like 6 or 7 games in a row so you know he's a versatile guy he you know he, they can play him as like a hybrid guy in the box uh he's he's good you know very willing against the run Good speed, go sideline to sideline. They like they they like his abilities and versatility. And they also returned Kamoi lot too. You know, he had like three picks last year, Uh physical guy. Austin Brown, Travian Blaylock. So they, they got bodies at safety, probably their deepest position group on the team. So they feel really good about the secondary overall. With the pass rush, that's going to be interesting because they lost Nick Herbig, who led the Big Ten in sacks last year and tackles for a loss. He's with the Steelers now. Keanu Benton as well, nose tackle, four-year starter. Didn't always, like, produce big sack numbers, but last year had his most productive season um, at, in, at the collegiate level with, like, five sacks and ten tackles for loss. He's also He also went to the Steelers. So uh, they have some replacing to do there. I think it's going to be a pretty collective effort overall. They're going to need their inside linebackers to step up. They got – they basically have three starters at that position returning: Muma Najang, Menta, Jordan Turner, and Jake Cheney. All three of those guys need to collectively help produce the, you know, the pass rush. And then the outside linebackers they kind of are going to be relying on a collection of guys there. And same with the defensive line. I think outside linebacker and defensive line, you're going to see a lot of rotating and different guys in at getting snaps at different in different positions and situations throughout the game. So they. That's, I think, maybe a bigger concern for fans. Like, where is where are the sacks and the pressure going to come from? But I think they have enough, like, talent collectively to to be able to produce some numbers. It might not be – I don't think they have one guy like Herbig and Benton last year that can dominate, but I think they have enough guys that can kind of depend on there.
1: Uh, see, and I can't imagine Wisconsin not having a really strong front seven. So I, I, that's one I've just banked every year. Wisconsin's front seven is going to be – really solid so i'll be shocked if they're not solid as well but kind of talk in the 2023 season i mean runaway favorites to win the big 10 west wisconsin is um is this really just big 10 west title or bust i mean are people in madison gonna be pretty disappointed if they don't get the trip to indianapolis this year
2: yeah i get that sense I don't know, you know, it, it's the first year of a new regime. They're running a totally different offense. Their defense is going to be a little bit different as well. So I mean, it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how quickly everything has come along when the games start. I would say the fan base is on board with Big Ten West or bust. Um, in the last year of the Big Ten West, you know, unfortunately, right. <laughs> uh, And you know, I I think it's going to be a really interesting race this year because I think a lot of teams got better. Um, I already mentioned Minnesota and, and their quarterback, and you know I think they're going to be in the mix. I think Iowa is going to be in the mix with the, the improvements that they made with Cade McNamara and you know Eric All and some of the transfers they brought in. A big emphasis on quarterbacks this year in the th- throughout the Big Ten in the transfer portal, especially. Well, they
1: were pretty rough last year. It was a pretty yeah, the West bad assortment.
2: Some, the West needed some improvements in that in that category. Um, you know. Uh, Purdue with Hudson Card I, and Ryan Walters too I think Purdue's defense is obviously going to get better with with that that's always been kind of their weakness uh, I, I think it was that was a really good hire for them Ryan Walters Um, and then um, who am I missing here Illinois I mean they they were a, kind of a surprise last year they did lose some guys to the NFL uh, especially defensively but Luke Altmeyer won the starting job and you know I've heard some good things just reading or you know read some good things about camp there i think it's going to be like four four teams there kind of jockeying for position the west is going to be way more competitive this year in a good way uh last year it was competitive because everybody kind of stunk oh yeah right uh and it was inconsistent i think this year it's going to be teams all got better and it's kind of going to be a a battle that way it's going to be exciting
1: I noticed you what? didn't mention Chicago's Big Ten team, Northwestern, in the mix.
2: No, yeah, I, I can't. I, I even have a season at this point. Like, <laughs> I mean, well, I'm you know. cu- I'm
0: curious with Bielema being in Illinois. Like, what does the fan base? How do they feel about him? Like, is there animosity? Is is it becoming like this huge rivalry now between Illinois and Wisconsin?
2: Yeah, I mean, if you asked fans before last year's game, Wisconsin had so many issues before that game with. The performance and everything so that was kind of like th- that last year that was his first time coming to Camp Randall since he left so it, I thought that was before the season I thought that was going to be a huge storyline oh this is going to be such a a big day for for the Wisconsin and Illinois and Bielma. This it's going to be this huge storyline but Wisconsin played so poorly that kind of fell you know played so poorly to start the year it kind of fell under the radar but after that game, you asked fans how they felt about Bielema. They, <laughs> I think it went up another level. There, you know, I think people, um, yeah, I think it's becoming a rivalry a little bit, especially with some of the recruiting battles they've had. And, um, and I think Bielema said something at Big Ten Media Days about the air raid that maybe didn't sit well with some fans. Uh, he said something about like if it doesn't work, that's potential landmines. I don't know, like if it really, uh, you know, I kind of get where he's coming from with it, but I think some fans are upset about that um but like yeah I mean it's becoming a rivalry because Illinois is is good like I think that's good great for the Big Ten to have another good team um especially well obviously the last year of the West but especially on this side of the division this side of the division needs to be competitive um no Tim I didn't mention was Nebraska too that's that's the one I forgot about Um, they'll, they'll be interesting I don't know if they'll be in the mix but I think they'll be better this year uh, but sure. yeah, back to Illinois. Yeah, because they're getting good, and because is there and kind of has it going in the right direction, I can see that becoming, you know, maybe a little bit more of a of a rivalry. They has got great ties to the high schools here in the state. You know, he he understands the recruiting landscape of this area very well. Um, so yeah, I can totally see it becoming a, a little bit more heated than it has been. But Wisconsin's kind of had its own issues to to um, deal with. Over the last two years, so it, I think it this that storyline has been a little bit less intense than I imagined,
1: so on the topic of kind of rivalries, I mean it, it, what's the general I mean, is, is it is it Minnesota, Iowa, and then it goes down from there? What's the kind of hatred scale for the badgers?
2: Yeah, I think the Minnesota robbery has gotten really interesting well With, yeah you know, for for a long time, Wisconsin kind of dominated it, so like from afar, like, before I started covering Wisconsin, like, I never really saw that as, like, a huge deal because it <laughs> just always felt like... This yeah. is, like, a complete... It's, whatever. it's is a not complete- much of a
0: rivalry if you're always winning. <laughs> right.
2: Like, I, I, I was, I'm an outsider. I did not really pay attention. Like, I grew up in Milwaukee, but, like, I didn't really pay attention too much to Wisconsin or Minnesota. So, like, I was kind of, like, from afar, I'm like, oh, it doesn't seem like... I know, like, these two teams, like... It's a technically a rivalry it's considered one but like oh it seemed like wisconsin would win every year and now covering it the last couple of years like seeing minnesota beat wisconsin two years in a row and some of the comments that have gone back and forth like this past december when pj fleck called out wisconsin for maybe like i don't know what you call it tampering or trying to negative it's recruiting recruit.
1: stuff yeah. yeah
2: like negative recruiting or something like that so there's another layer to this, like another layer of intensity. I feel like this rivalry has reached considering like, you know, Minnesota played jump around after the game two years ago, you know, ruined Wisconsin's chance to win the big 10 West that year on the last day of the regular season. Then last year, um, spoiling a pretty big game. I don't know. Like, I'm pretty sure the fickle decision was already made for that game, but like it would have been like Jim Leonard winning that game would have been a a good storyline, a big deal. They came in here and just really put a extra kick in the gut. They gave Wisconsin an extra kick in the gut at the end of a disappointing year last November, and they they smoked their cigars in the locker room. And like I think that kind of sat didn't sit well with people here. I've I've heard some maintenance staffers kind of complaining about that. Um, yeah, so oh. I mean I I feel like yeah, there's another level that this rivalry has reached. And that's great. Like that's great for the fans. Uh, I know Wisconsin fans are really, really that I feel like, like on our, on our message board, like I've seen like a lot more Minnesota comments uh, than, than I did. Like when I first started covering the team. So um, I'm, I'm excited. I think this, it's great that the robbery is where it is. I, I kind of, I like, I like the intensity of it. I'm glad it's, it's come back. Uh, Wisconsin fans are probably mad at me for saying that too, but yeah, I, I mean, P.J. Like
0: Fleck is such a likable guy. I don't, you know, <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> uh, but yeah. what, like, what about with Iowa? Is it because it, it seems like every other year that's it's back and forth? Yeah. Well, they dominate for a while. Iowa I think, held them recently too.
2: I think the Iowa Iowa rivalry is interesting to me. Yes, it's a rivalry, but like, I feel like there's a mutu- good mutual respect between the fan bases because I feel like Iowa and Wisconsin had been so um stylistically similar for a lot right. of years. That's changing now. Um that makes it even more interesting though. Like Wisconsin's not going to be there'll only be one fullback in the game now instead of two. Sure. So um <laughs> uh, but yeah I still feel like there's a good mutual respect in that rivalry. I know Kirk Ferentz really has you know really respects Barry Alvarez and what he built here in the nineties and what kind of all the coaches that came after him were able to like kind of sustain Um, So, yeah, I've always felt like I've always got the sense that both programs really respect each other, um, you know, overall, except for one day out of the year.
1: Sure. No. Uh, So we alluded to, you know, this being the final year of the Big Ten West. I mean, I guess I've been doing a similar assumption, Mike, that we're going to be done with divisions, but Big Ten's adding four teams next year. So they could theoretically do a West division and just add the teams in the West and do a dividing line, you know, in Indiana or wherever you do it, um, but is the general thoughts from Wisconsin perspective? I mean, frustration, irritation with the expansion, ambivalence. What are the general Wisconsin perspective on big yeah, expansion? Yeah, I mean, it's
2: interesting. I think it's it's still jarring to think like next year, USC, UCLA, and you know, Oregon, Washington, and, and like I think it's. I think people were really excited at first, like, when USC and UCLA came in, but, like, when you add Oregon and Washington, I think people are like, okay, like, really? Like, this is is going too far. I think that's the sense I get from fans. That's how I feel about it, too, as somebody who grew up, like, really just enjoying Big Ten football, like, everybody in the Midwest who's a sports fan, like, that's what you do on Saturdays. You watch Big Ten football and, like, I have, like, some sentimental value in it, like, just sure. I miss how things used to be uh, with it. Sure. But, um, I, I still think there is an element of excitement, even if the, the expansion's gotten overwhelming. You're going to have – Wisconsin kind of has a good history with, like, US, UCLA and UC. They've, even Oregon, they played in the Rose Bowl, those teams in the Rose Bowl a bunch of times. And, um, you know, uh, it's going to be tougher to – to even though the playoff is expanding, like it's going to be tougher to 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 be atop the league now. Um, yeah. uh, changes how you think about a successful season. I think, like, um, you know, is a successful season getting into that twelve team playoff, or is a successful season finishing like eight and four or whatever? Now, like, it, it's you're not going to have that. For a long time, winning a successful season, was winning the Big Ten West, like how, right, exactly. That's kind of where I come back to, like, what is yeah. going to be a successful season? If you don't make the playoff, if you don't finish in the top like two or four of your of the conference, what is it a disappointment? Like, that, it's going to be interesting to see like right. how standards are looked at, how records are looked at. That that's going to change, but I think overall, I mean, I'm excited to see how it looks, and you know, it's going to be interesting. To, you're going to have a lot more competition. Good for the could impact recruiting in positive ways too. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I think there's more good than bad coming out of it, but um, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> it's, it's just like, it's still going to be shocking next year to see different logos on the schedule.
1: Oh, it's going to be very weird. We don't even know the schedule. I mean, that's what's crazy. Yeah. Um, they have to
2: redo the whole thing, right? Cause don't they have to they like, have it? yeah.
1: Do, and then they've got to re- yeah. re- Now they got to add two teams. They got to reconfigure everything. Um, you know, I, I, I overall bad for college football in general but I do this is I, I say this every time I look forward to Oregon UCLA USC and uh, Washington having to come to the Midwest in November and do like a you know noon kickoff uh noon Eastern 11 o'clock kickoff yeah. and I think that'll be really really fun um but speaking of records Wisconsin over under at eight and a half which is a really high number um what kind of your prediction what do you how do you think this season lands out for for the Badgers?
2: Yeah, the fan base is seems really ambitious uh, at, like, 10 wins. I've seen a lot of, like, fans saying 10 wins and, you know, 10 wins is, like, that has to be what we're going to get. Like, I think the schedule is a little bit trickier than than most people think or okay. most people see. Like, you got to go to Washington State in week two. That's, like, they beat you last year. I know this team is different, but, like, a road game on the West Coast and – They're they're practicing for next year, I guess, uh, already. So, um, yeah, that's going to be a tricky game because Washington State's not like a slouch. Like, they're a good program with good players. Like, it's not your typical, like, that's not a pushover game in the non conference. And then two weeks later, they have a night game at Purdue on a Friday night. Like, Wisconsin's beaten Purdue 16 games in a row. that's That's a tough place to play pretty early in the year. Uh, first road game or first like Big Ten road game um, on a Friday night. Ross State Stadium is like when early in the year when Purdue is you know or when they're playing well like I've been there when it's like been like a couple years ago when Purdue was playing well. Wisconsin went in there and won but like I thought oh, that's a pretty good atmosphere like at night that probably goes up another level. I watched that Penn State game last year like the first game of the year for them. Yeah. Like oh that's a pretty good atmosphere and Purdue right. we already talked about them Hudson Card they should have a better defense under Walters um, who's one of the better defensive minds in the country um, and then they have this three game stretch after that they I think they have records in between that Purdue game and this three game stretch of you know Iowa Illinois and Ohio State that's like that could decide your season right there and whether or not you're gonna win the big Ten West I mean Iowa's coming here so you can get them at home but then you have to go to Illinois and they took it to you last year and um, expectations are high the fan base is probably more excited than they were even last year down there. Um, and then, you know, they have Minnesota on the road too. So I, I think the schedule is tougher than some would think. And I'm kind of on like that eight. I, I landed like eight or nine. When I go through their schedule, I, I can't land at 10. Like, I don't know. I have them losing three uh, regular season games, maybe four. Um, I think eight, eight or nine wins would be a successful season, I think, considering like – all that's changed, you got new offense, you got defensive changes, uh, you got all these transfers you're trying to work in. I think it could, like, yeah, I, I, th- that's where I kind of end up, I think. And who knows, eight or nine wins could get you in, like, to the, the Indians. Oh, sure. Never yeah.
1: Know uh, and well, Vegas knows what they're doing, right? Like, eight or nine wins, well, you got to pick. It's eight and a half, so which one do you want? Um, for The over-under, not, not that you have to bet. Um, no, Vegas is smart. Um, okay, so you, I mean, you, you, you're can't, I mean, you're right at it. You're like, you're at eight or nine. I mean, Eric, I think you took the over for Wisconsin. You were pretty confident that they were gonna win at least nine games. Yeah, I run.
0: think, I think that axe is going east. I think you're gonna, gonna take that back. I, I mean, I think the schedule, from what I can see, looks. Pretty open. I know you said there's a couple st- tough stretches there. I guess I didn't think Washington State was going to be as good a challenge as, as you're yeah, saying there. Yeah, I, mean,
2: so. I, I just be curious, like a road game that early in the year, like. And going west is a problem. Going I mean, west, I mean, yeah. in, 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 nobody's out of it at that point in terms of conference races. It's the, Washington. It's the second game of the year. I'm assuming Washington State's got a decent like road environment. Um, um I, think yeah, I don't, think they're, gonna they're I don't think they're going to lose that game. I don't think they're going to lose that game. I think. You know, if I go through the schedule off the top of my head, I think they'll, you know, i probably, I, I think, for, I have a weird feeling that Purdue is going to get them this year. I don't know why. I can't give you a reason. Yeah. Uh, it's sure. just I think, I think they're going to lose to Illinois again. Um, and wow. I think, I think Ohio State. Sure. Will get them too. Uh, I think. Yeah. I think if I have to go through it, I'd say nine wins.
1: Uh, oh, there you go. So, you're, 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 so they, they, all, they beat they, Iowa, they beat Minnesota, they go. I think a lot of the Iowa, Wisconsin fans
2: would accept a nine-win season. Yeah. Um, and but then but then again, like, is it a missed opportunity because West is it, that that puts you in conversation for West, but you never know like how it all shakes. You're going to need some help probably along the way. Um, but I mean, if, if they don't win the West this year, could you make the argument that it was a missed opportunity because you never? It's going to be harder to. Every team could say that this year because of what's happening next year. Yeah. Like It's going to be much yeah, tougher yeah. to get to Indy, right? Oh, yeah.
1: The last Big Ten West. No, I, I, mean, I like that as a branding device. Um, no, it is exciting because, yeah, it gets a lot different. If they have another division, it's going to include USC. It's going to include Oregon in the West. So, yeah, yeah it's the last in this configuration. So, um, okay. So it sounds like Wisconsin is going to be good. Will they be able to take it all the way to the top? we'll see looking forward to live football in uh, just a little over a week here um mike thank you so much for your time and your expertise i was always impressed by how fast you can rattle off all the names of, of coaches and players um in a way that i couldn't so very very impressive we hey, appreciate I've, done,
2: uh, I've done a number of these interviews throughout the summer so it's you know i was i've been prepared for this one
1: you're a seasoned pro. Well, sounds good. We appreciate it. It's going to be really, really exciting. We'll get to see how the uh, Iowa-Wisconsin Minnesota-Wisconsin teams shake out a little bit later.
0: Um, that's a lot to the back of this year. And thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, Mike.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys.